Welcome to the True Blue Riffcast, the number one riff tracks podcast in the world. I am Superfan Jeremy, and I am joined, as always, by... Hi, everybody. I'm Superfan Dave. I've been told that I need to mellow out and calm it down. So I'm going to do the whole podcast like I'm Eeyore. Isn't that great? Sure is, Dave. Yes. And that was our new theme song. <laughs> that was uh, Rock Till You Die by Songwriter X and the Skeleton Band. You can check Yay, Skeleton out. people. You can check them out on YouTube. Just do a search for Songwriter X and the Skeleton Band, and you can check out all of their songs. Or, of course, you can click on the link that we have in the episode description. So, Dave, aside from uh, being all mellow, how was your week? Well, I was at wrestling training, and um, I had a match in the steel cage for the first time. It was exciting. Did he have you for three minutes? No, Jeremy. Aww. Macho Man Randy Savage was not there performing as Bonesaw McGraw. He was not there. Well, okay, I, 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 I can't keep this up. <laughs> it would have been real interesting if he was there. <laughs> yeah, because he's dead. So how's your How was your <laughs> week? Did you do anything fun? <laughs> um, wildly off the rail. <laughs> yes. Not not really. No. It was just a, it was just a normal normal week for me. Busy. Yeah, I bet it was until you saw Karate Cop. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be talking about Karate Cop later on. Well, uh, well we got some words to say about that ooh. mess. Also, Crater Lake Monster coming up later this episode. Yes, finally. And our short reviews of Riff Track Shorts today is going to be for If Mirrors Could Talk. First, let's take a look at some headlines. Headlines. Rawr. Here's your weekly reminder that Rift Tracks has a Patreon now. Head on over to patreon.com slash Tracks to sign up. You still have some time uh, to sign up and get founding Traxian status, which gives you an extra little uh, uh, achievement on the website. Still won't catch you up to the ranked you know number what? one. You know what? Just shut, up. Just shut up. Just shut up with that. No one cares, Jeremy. Okay. No one cares. In case you can't tell, Dave really doesn't like that. I don't. I don't like it at all. That's some bull crap. (laughs) So I I have to rub it in as much as I can. Yeah, go go sign up for the Patreon. It's three dollars a month. Oh, they just um um put up the uh, first new put up the first uh like post on on the Patreon, and it was an extended um preview for Karate Cup. Yeah, which is something new. They didn't actually give. Yeah, they didn't do. Yeah, they didn't do that on Drip. Yeah, so that that's kind of nice. So you have something else to look forward to. Another reason to sign up for it. I still hope that they still do talking uh, talking Drip tracks. I I I always found that to be quite enjoyable. I'm sure they will. I don't see why they wouldn't. I think they uh, liked doing that also. At least it seemed like they did. Yeah, it looked like it was a lot of fun. In some news, that's not really a surprise to most. Spider-Man is back in the MCU. You know, I was surprised when I heard this news, honestly. And I I figured they would probably work something out. And and look, they did. Uh, Sony and and Disney came to a new agreement. Disney's going to get a new percentage other than uh, 5% off of the opening day tickets. It's 25%. I I think it's 25% plus merchandise. Oh, hey. Well, 
whatever. I'm just yeah. glad that they're they're keeping Spidey where he is because they don't have to awkwardly change stuff and try and work around things. Kevin Feige said that uh, he's going to be producing the next Spider-Man movie and that Spider-Man will be making appearances in the MCU. Yeah, um, they said that um, it's going to be one. They've made a deal for one more Spider-Man movie, which is it's probably end up being four altogether because they've been saying that they want to do one for uh, each year of his high school, even though he was dead for five years. But whatever. Yeah. And also he's going to make at least one appearance in another MCU film. And um, I honestly hope it's um, Thor that he's in Thor. Uh, what's the what the, the the sequel that Taika Waititi's doing? The one with Natalie Portman. Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Yeah, I think he would be a great fit for that to kind of like be in Thor's world because we haven't really seen him hang out with Thor yet. Yeah, and and here's the surprising part of this: Spider-Man Three will be coming out in two years, and actually oh. just under two years because it will be out in July of 2021 you know i really do like that i really like the uh two-year interval because it's long enough but it's not too long i think three years is kind of too long but it but it's also not like you know with twilight and um to a lesser extent hunger games where you'd have a movie every year for five years or four years that's cool i mean i guess but i mean i think two years is like that perfect interval to be like oh here it comes because um, with Last Jedi, the Last Jedi, and now with the Rise of Skywalker coming, like it's still super fresh, but we're just like just enough removed from it. Can, can you believe it's been, oh, it's been four years since The Force Awakens? Can you believe that? Four years? It doesn't feel like it's been four years. It's been four years, man. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. Speaking of 2021 and the MCU, though, this will mark the first time that they've had four movies out in one year the first one's going to be shang chi and the ten rings followed by spider-man 3 then doctor strange in the multiverse of madness which is the mcu's first horror movie and then the year will be wrapped up with thor love and thunder i don't know how i feel about that first one but those other ones should be pretty cool yeah shang chi it's one of those uh properties super that not esoteric a lot of people, yeah yeah so, you know, but hey, they, they did good with uh, Ant-Man. They did good with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, all these other properties that people weren't really familiar with. Other huge pop culture things. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to uh, to give it a shot and see how it goes. Let's take a look now at the weekend box office. Uh, the number one movie of the weekend, the new uh, DreamWorks movie, Abominable. Some cgi thing i don't really yeah, know much about CGI it monstrosity yeah uh downton abbey coming in at number two that's How's... weird that is weird man downton abbey has a movie in theaters yeah. <laughs> can we talk about that for like two seconds how weird that is that's weird There's it's super weird okay <laughs> now we can move on yeah uh hustlers at number three it chapter two at number four and ad astra coming in at number five Where's Last Blood? Number six. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, I hear about that movie because I, I still want to go see it. But I hear that it's like people either like it's like, oh, this is the most awesome thing ever, and then, or I'm here like it's the most terrible, awful thing you'll ever see in your life. Um, either way, it makes me a little bit excited to see it. Yeah. 
But let's move on now from headlines to our short reviews of Rift Track Shorts. Yes. For today's short review of Rift Track Shorts, we're going to be taking a look at If Mirrors Could Speak from April 10th, 2008. Clowns are terrifying. Just look at Wizzo. This short focuses on three. We've got a nihilist, we've got a bully, and a thief in this short. And they're all made up as clowns because that's how their classmates see them. There's a talking mirror, of course, in the short, and it speaks to each of the three kids to show them how others see them. It's a good idea, but the Michael Bay Transformers movie sounded like a good idea to Paramount, too. If they would have shown this in my school when I was a kid, I probably would have found it hilarious. That's the baseline with this short. (laughs) Watching it with the riffs makes me laugh until I have coughing fits. Although that could just be the post-nasal drip. I do remember you telling me that you were watching this when you were prepping for the podcast and writing this, that you almost died watching this short. I did, because I was laughing so hard that I started hacking and coughing and almost couldn't catch my breath. But this short gets five jerk kids out of five (laughs) and is an essential short. I'm going to have to check this one out. I'll have, to, I'll have to part with a dollar if I don't already have it. I'd be surprised if you don't actually have this one sitting in your library already. I'll take a look, but after the podcast. <laughs> well, I, I would appreciate that. Now let's move on from the shorts to the not-so-short and take a look at our first VOD, Karate Cop. Oh, man. Why this, did this happen? <laughs> this, sure, this sure was... Uh, a movie that got released direct to video in 1993. Yeah. Okay. So let's set the table for, for, for karate cop. Okay. Now, apparently this is a sequel to Omega cop, which Rift tracks actually riffed and released last year. That stars Adam West. Okay. Oh, you mean they now, did I these did, in the right order? They, yes, they did do these in the correct order. This time. Wow. We gotta, we gotta not give, we gotta stop giving them crap about that. <laughs> But um, they did it. They they riffed it and released it last year. And I um, I bought it and I watched it, but I only watched it once. And uh, and I kind of forgot a lot about it. Um, and the reason for that is it's because it's actually Jeremy's fault. Because yep. the same day that Omega Cop was released, I watched Omega Cop, and then Jeremy said, "Hey, I have this other movie that you need to watch. Like right now, it's crazy." And it was a movie called Shocking Dark. And uh, not to get into Shocking Dark, because we'll be here all day, but it literally uh, kind of just took over, like, my entire memory of that day. Like, Omega Cop was just erased from my memory, because <laughs> Shocking Dark was just so crazy bad that uh, that it just, like, like, I became obsessed with it for about two or three days after that. Uh, so Omega Cop, in my memory, is just gone. But that's uh, okay because yeah. it really doesn't have much to do with Karate Cop. No, it really. Other does. than yeah. the main character, and it's still a post-apocalyptic world trying to be like Mad Max, but it's not type of setting. Now, it, it, the thing is, is that this sounds like a joke, but it's not. Future Force literally has more to do with Karate Cop than Omega Cop does, <laughs> and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, uh, one of the one of the working titles for Karate Cop was actually Omega Cop Two: The Challenge. Um, it was also called at one point Dragon Cop, um, 
which it was actually released uh, in France and the UK as. Um, but, you know, we Dave and I, right before we started recording the podcast, while we were um, oh, the, bringing up oh, all this stuff, yeah. we kind of fell down a little bit of a hole with uh, Ron Marchini. Who produced and starred in both Omega Cop and Karate Cop. Yes. And um, I said it was my fault because I said, you know, that that guy Snaker. Right. He's my favorite actor. Then I said he probably never worked again. So I looked up the actor that did Snaker and he was in he was actually in Omega Cop as like some raccoon person, <laughs> which is weird. But he was also in another movie. Here, let me bring that up. Yeah, he was also in Jungle Wolf, which was written partially by Ronald Marchini, who also starred in it. And then there was a sequel to that movie called Return Fire, Jungle Wolf 2, which was released in 1988, which also starred our friend um, Ronald uh, Marchini, but also starred Adam West, who was also in Omega Cop. Which came out two years after Jungle Wolf 2. And then the, the, the weirdness keeps going here, folks. Because he was in a few other movies that, you know, he he wrote and some of them he directed, like Death Machines and Dragon's okay. Quest and Ninja Warriors. Can I read the descriptions for Death Machines and I'll let you continue with what you were saying? But I have to get this in here because when I read this, I couldn't believe I was seeing this sentence. I couldn't believe this sentence exists. Yes, please do. Uh, Death Machines, 1976. <clears throat> An evil oriental dragon lady injects three martial arts fighters with a serum that turns them into zombie-like assassins, and she sends them out against her enemies. <laughs> That's a real thing I just said. I did not make that up. That that, that exists in space and time. Yeah, it's uh, not a normal uh, thing that you would read. Uh, but if, if we continue to go through uh, Ron Marchini... Or is it Marchini? I don't know. It's like the cherries. I'm not sure. Yeah. How to say. The last film that he made after Karate Cop <laughs> is a film. I can't contain myself. Called Karate Raider. <laughs> and this one is interesting because it doesn't have Adam West in it, but it has Burt Ward in it. <laughs> oh, and, 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 also, and also Joe Estevez. <laughs> Joe Estevez. <laughs> Our friend from Roller Gator. Baby Ghost. Uh, I know that they want to do Baby Ghost. Karate Cop. Let's talk about the actual movie for a little bit. It's the standard dystopia that so many many of these Rift Tracks direct-to-video movies are in. I had started watching it last night, and I'm, I'm getting through like the first 10 or 15 minutes or so, and I just, the movie itself just felt, like it was such a slog and nothing was really i mean there was some fighting sure but nothing really interesting was happening and i sent dave a message and i'm like look yeah something crazy needs to happen in this movie or it's it's going to be hard to make it through the rest of it five minutes later and then you're like wait what (laughs) because that's where the teleporter showed up if it's a teleporter. So the the lady that was rescued at the very beginning of the movie has access to this teleporter and a warehouse full of orphans uh, called freebies. Why didn't they use that teleporter to rescue her? 
the crystal was broken. The uh, Omega Karate Cop had to go and get another crystal that was in a different warehouse that was being guarded by like these weird monks uh, <laughs> that were like throat singing and like that never showed up again. Just kind of grunting at each other. Yeah. It was really just odd. Uh, in in between this time, of course, we get to see the best character of the movie, Snaker. Snaker. Uh, and his boss, uh. evil evil Guy Fieri. Evil Guy Fieri with his mustache and whatever. And the the best the best riff uh, shows the guy doing the thumbs up to thumbs down thing, and and they say cheese fries, you know, for the thumbs up, and then he puts the thumbs down. And he says fries without cheese. Yeah, that's and, a. That's a keeper right there. That was uh, Sean's favorite moment of the movie, by the way. Um, oh, fun. During one of the pit fighting scenes, uh, the people are are yelling at each other. Uh, there's a riff about Infinite Jest and how the ending of it was a cop-out. And it, was just, <laughs> it was just Wallace's, uh, I don't even remember how they, how they said it, but uh, his meta humor reaching its logical conclusion or something like that. And uh, that one was definitely Connor. There's a reference to uh, Children of the Corn in this one too. The He Who Walks Behind the Rose. Yes, we had we had Children of the Corn. We had uh, a callback to Over the Top. Yeah, a double elimination tournament. We had a callback to Octoman. You're only allowed to have this much dark in your movie if you're going through a cave searching for Octoman. Yep. Really like that one. Uh, there were there were a few other um, callbacks in this one. One thing that I would like to note, this riff had a new contributing author for Riff Tracks. Yeah, this is weird. I mean, uh, but weird. Yeah, the uh, the one and only Gail Simone contributed some jokes to this flick. And uh, there's a welcome addition to the writing team. She does a great job uh, on the comics that she's written. So I look forward to seeing more from her in the future, hopefully. <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, everybody. I was going to say there was a comic that I really wanted to read that Gail Simone wrote for the New 52, and I was waiting for the trade paperback to come out. And it's my fault that it got canceled because I was waiting for it to come out in collected trade. Thing is, I couldn't remember what the hell it was called. <laughs> it had like six original characters in it, and it was supposed to be some kind of uh, resistance fight against the power kind of, you know, like that kind of thing. And I, it was supposed to be really good, and I was just waiting because I had like 10,000 other comics in my freaking uh, uh, hold that I was reading at the time. And I just figured, okay, that's just going to be one that I'm going to wait for the collected one. And then, it, and then it got canceled, and I felt bad because, eh, whatever. But anyway... So, um, uh. <laughs> so, Gail, feel free to uh, chide Dave here on Twitter. Yeah, d yeah, do that because <laughs> that's something I need in my life. <laughs> let him know at, what's up at Sugar Ray Dodge. Yeah, let him know what's up, Gail. Uh, see if DC wants to publish storybook. It'll be great. Anyway, <laughs> I'll get that in there. Nice. That's um, that, that, that's my comic series. Anyway, moving on. The Karate Cop is, uh, it gets, it gets really bizarre. Like I wasn't expecting it. And it even gets more bizarre because, uh, after, right after he leads, leaves the weird, uh, throat singing cult area, he goes into Jackass Junction and Dave, who appears in Jackass Junction? Oh, oh, David Carradine shows up. I saw him showed up. I was like effing what? <laughs> 
like are you kidding it's like i i honestly felt like it was it was like it was tucker from future from future force like they're like you know like he'd retired from cops and that he had uh started his bar and that they were old friends but then he got killed so <laughs> it, it was just weird and insert your own masturbation joke here thank you which, autoerotic as, as, asphyxiation etc which i was i was kind of surprised they didn't make one right there <laughs> they they did drop one in later it's like a half hour after Caradine's in the movie, or at least it feels like a half hour. God knows yeah. how long it actually was. This but, movie dragged. It was so horribly bad. That's why I was glad that they started doing the really weird stuff, like the the whole uh, the whole teleporter needing crystals, and it's just I'm so glad that they put that in there because I don't I don't know how how the people at Roof Tracks would have even made it through a screening, getting ready to to work on this one without something that crazy in it, especially after already going through the first Omega Cop, which doesn't have anything that crazy in it. That's really all I got to say about about Karate Cop is just, you know, screw this movie. <laughs> you really got to be in a particular mood for this one, I think. Yeah. Um, the riffs are good, but... Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I had a good time, but it's just like the movie is just like, why does this exist? This is dumb. You know, this this might be like Omega Cop where I don't actually watch it again, or at least I won't anytime soon. Uh, it's not one that I'm rushing to to turn on again and rewatch immediately. Unlike our next movie, which I've seen about 10 billion times. Dave has been chomping at the bit to talk about this one. This is the other holdover from our listener poll, which we are going to be bringing back this week. Um but we'll talk about that a little bit after we talk about the Crater Lake Monster. Yes, Crater Lake Monster is a jaunty little deal about this lake named Crater up in uh, apparently Northern California. But uh, I thought I up until a few minutes ago, I'd always assumed that it was just in Oregon, the more famous Crater Lake. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's in Northern California. There's a cryptid in the lake or there was. See, OK, the movie starts with a meteor crash. And the meteor crash warms some, like, long, petrified—it's like Game of Thrones, where it's like uh, the dragons come to life um, after being warmed up by the fire. <laughs> it comes up, and it's uh, it's a plesiosaur, and it starts eating people. And um, you have all these really—you have, like, this really incompetent uh, county sheriff— who like doesn't have any deputies. It, it's just him, which I always find really strange when movies do this, that a county sheriff would just be, it would just be just like a one man show. Like, come on. And he's hanging out with this guy, with this guy named, named Doc. Now I've seen this movie about 10 billion times. I could not tell you what Doc's purpose is. Uh, everyone in town seems to know him. He's like Gandalf, only he's not going around destroying everybody's life. <laughs> no, that's what Gandalf does. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much all he was good at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, oh, you're having this nice existence? Yeah, I'm going to throw you into this thing that you've got nothing to do with. Uh, Go fight this dragon. Yeah. So anyway, and uh, also there are these two scientists, Dan and um, Blondie. They're kind of like the science... This is like it's not as bad as the last shark, 
they do take a lot of cues from Jaws. I mean, it's the late seventies. I mean, of course they're going to do that. Yeah. But it's they're kind of like the uh, Richard Dreyfuses of the whole thing, and they don't get much screen time because most of the screen time, I mean, there's no Quint in this movie. Like the Quint faction of like uh, of all this is uh, the real stars of the movies. These two these two hicks who run a uh, boat dock. Yeah, the boat uh, to, rental service. Yeah, yeah, the boat rental service. Uh, Mitch and Arnie were the real stars of the whole thing. And there's like this inordinate amount of time spent hanging out with these two doofuses. <laughs> the worst slapstick you'll ever see in the history of film. It's, it's, it's something to behold. And most of it is played against... Um, is like the music that's played over it is like this canned kind of <laughs> right that I have like the entire canned uh, library of uh, Crater Lake Monster in my head like the soundtrack for Crater Lake Monster it's tattooed on my skull and sometimes I'll actually find myself going right. So, but I was watching the toys that made us recently, and I can't remember over what. And I was like, "This is the music from Crater Lake Monster." <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and then it ends with Arnie getting eaten by the dinosaur. Let's talk about that for 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 a minute. The ending of this movie, Jeremy. Yeah. Like like after all that, they kill their comic relief. <laughs> Like that's well, like the it's, worst thing. But, but, that's the worst thing you could do in a movie but is how, murder the comic relief. But how did they do it? How did just did, how did they? Because how they do it is pretty dang funny. Like, oh, they he gets he gets whipped around like a rag doll by this this claymation plesiosaur like rah, 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 that just throws <laughs> him across this. It's not a beach, but it's like this construction site that's near the water. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And then and then right after that, because <laughs> the the sheriff he he kills the monster with a bulldozer. <laughs> it's not even like a real bulldozer. It's like one of these. I don't even know what it is. It's it's like you. Know, I, I think it might be something for like laying down asphalt. Yeah, but he <laughs> he hits it with the bulldozer, causing it to drop Arnie. Yeah, uh, and then it and then it tries to pick Arnie back up, and uh, the sheriff keeps uh, hitting him in the neck over and over with this big piece of heavy machinery. Yeah, he <laughs> scraped him. He scraped him to death. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like it's such a weird way to finish off. I don't know. Yeah, this thing that had eaten like so many cows and uh, and people. Oh, and did you know that one of the victims was a United States senator? <laughs> Yeah, he was the uh, wasn't he like the first customer for the yeah yeah the, the yeah the, like he was a did you know he was a U.S. senator like what <laughs> wait why have you been sitting on this information <laughs> what <laughs> yeah did you know he was like I dude I can't get over that so he was a U.S. senator what <laughs> and it's this message just like in passing in freaking Dan's house yeah right. Uh, from from Steve to Doc, you know. <laughs> oh man, it's I like uh, that they that they ended it with uh, Mitch vowing to continue the boat rental service that he and Arnie started. There are boats, Arnie. Our boats. Our boats. 
Our boats aren't. I mean, if that's it, it'd be like, oh, well, I want to go kill myself. You know? It's, oh, damn. Oh, it's like, it just, like, what? Anyway, the more, um, like, within the context of riff tracks, this movie is, is extremely important. Yes, it was a it was a turning point because the riff previous to this, actually the three riffs previous to this, sort of ended the MP3 only era. They ended it. It was Karate Kid three, Highlander, and uh, Wrath of Khan, and then they didn't do any riffs for like a month. Then they came back. Riff tracks is back, and it was with Crater Lake Monster and The Devil's Hand, and um, it was the first one that it was a VOD where they actually went out and kind of like, because up till this point, the VODs that they had done had been like public domain and things like that. Um, This was the first one that they actually went out and got the rights for. They actually went out and paid somebody some money to get the rights and to, uh, to put this out. And um, it's actually for, for me, it's a cornerstone for riff tracks it's weird because and another weird thing about about Crater Lake Monster is that it's also the first one to be not available for a period of time. Uh, I remember I'm glad that I got it because I guess that it was it disappeared from availability for a long time. But we if you already bought it, you were still able to watch it um, because, of course, you'd, you'd, you'd paid for it. But um, later on they got the rights back and it was available again. This will happen. Um, Like titles will like drop off and like, they won't make a big deal about it. But this was kind of like one where, um, you know, it was unavailable and you couldn't find, if you didn't already own it, you couldn't find it for a long time. And and it's available again, which I'm actually very, very happy about. It's been available again for about five years. Yeah. Uh, But it was, it was, it was gone for a while. So, um, but and it's yeah. not the only time that there that riffs have gone away and come oh, back. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it happened with the two um, Doctor Who movies. Yeah, the two Doctor Who ones. Yeah, they had to um, um they had a thing to, going on with the BBC. Yeah, those were actually gone for a while, like long, long time. Uh, and then in they fact, came back right before, right before they did the Five Doctors, mm-hmm. which is great because they're fantastic riffs. Oh, indeed. But anyway, so Crater Lake Monster was the first. Uh, it, it launched the uh, the era of the. Um, it, it didn't start the VOD only era because they still had because it's still 2011. That didn't start until um, McBain and Cool as Ice a couple of years later. But Crater Lake Monster started the um, the pattern of like VOD, VOD, MP3, MP3, kind of like the you, they, they were staggered. Yeah. That lasted until like through the end of 2012, which is kind of something I'd like to see them get back into. But, you know, we've talked about that already. But um, but Crater Lake Monster is important in that fact, in fact, that it was a turning point. Yeah. If you if you haven't seen this, uh, it's definitely like Dave said, it's a cornerstone. It's one of the essential um, essential riffs that they've released. I wish they'd do more callbacks to Crater Lake Monster, honestly. I mean, they, I mean, I know they do tons of uh, tons of uh, references to Ghost House, but Crater Lake, I, I'd, I'd like to see him do more references to Crater Lake, just because I love it and I'm selfish, and I, I, I just think it'd be fun deep cuts for for Crater Lake. Yeah, I think I think this is another one of those uh, almost forgotten riffs. Oh yeah, it's definitely long forgotten because it's it's one that you really don't hear people mentioning that often. I mean, it's it's definitely one of the one of the classic releases, but you don't hear it mentioned 
anywhere near as much as, you know, Buffalo Rider and Guy from Harlem and, and, you know, the really like the ghost house. Yeah. The ones that really took off for them and have just been mainstays. This one should be a mainstay. Yeah. It should be right up there with like plan nine and, and everything because it's, it's, it's that important, not just because of, it was a turning point just because of the content. I just think it's, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So now that we've actually finally gotten to talk about the Crater Lake Monster, <laughs> we have we have finally cleared out our uh, our previous listener poll, and we're heading into October. Uh, it'll actually be October by the time this episode goes up. So we're going to restart the listener poll, and it's going to be kind of like leaning more towards horror-type movies. So the first three movies that are going to be on the listener poll this week are... Ruby, which is by far still one of the weirdest movies that mm-hmm. Rift Tracks has done. Uh, and it was it, it was released the day after Rift Tracks Live Mothra. Yes, uh, which is kind of unusual in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've talked about that before. We'll probably bring it up again when we talk about Ruby. But uh, the Ice Cream Man starring Clint Howard. <laughs> I love that so much. And... The House on Sorority Row, the movie with one of the dirtiest pools I've ever seen. Why do we fixate on that pool so much? I mean, just in this podcast, we've talked about that pool at least five <laughs> times. There's good reason that we talk about that pool. And and if this one wins the, the listener like, poll. Just clean it out. Just clean out your pool. We'll, uh, we'll definitely talk about it some more because it, it's a character in the movie at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so, yeah, Ruby, Ice Cream Man. And the house on sorority row that poll will be going up uh, in a couple days from when this episode went up, so make sure you look out for that on Twitter and Facebook. And that's gonna do it for us this week, folks. That went by a little shorter than it usually does because usually we're blathering on forever and ever. Yeah. Uh, well, we do have a nice big chunk that we uh, cut out in the middle there. Yeah, that's yeah. We're oh, by the way, I found out what it was. Dale, <laughs> if you're listening, okay, if you listened all the way to the end. It was called The Movement. Ah, okay. Yeah, but it's called The Movement. I meant to read it. I didn't, and it, I got canceled, and it's my fault, so. Yeah, it's all your fault. You can go ahead and at me if you want. <laughs> at your dodge. Yeah. But I'm Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at pbandawesome. You can send me emails, jeremy at trueblueriffcast.com. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TV Riffcast. And I'm Dave Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. You can check me out on the web at SugarRayDodge.com. Send me emails at Dave at TrueBlueRiffcast.com. And that's it for us. We will see you guys next time. See ya. Oh